0: Welcome to episode seven of Jobs to Journeys, a podcast about how people learn, grow, and find meaning in the workplace. My name is Gabe Gloga. Each week, I talk with my friend and co-host Doug Weitz about whatever topics we're wrestling with, and we try to help each other clarify these ideas and hopefully add a little knowledge and insight to the world of workplace learning. This week, we discuss gardening. That's right. There's a lot to be learned from gardening that can be applied to how people grow in the workplace. We explore the three essential ingredients of a healthy growth culture, what founders, new managers, and orchestra conductors all struggle with, Gabe's tomato plant and why yelling at his flowers is pointless, the illusion of lazy gardeners, a different way to think about pruning your organization, and more. This podcast is brought to you by Cultivate Me, which helps people and organizations use their everyday work as a platform for growth, both as professionals and as people. If you're curious about any of the ideas we discuss on the show, or you just want to connect, you can always send an email to hello at CultivateMe.xyz. We'd love to hear from you. And now, on to the show. Hello, Doug. Hey Gabe, um, what are we talking about today?
1: I really wanted to talk about gardening.
0: Good, because it's getting cold <laughs> here, and I have this tiny little garden on my patio. It's smaller <laughs> than my closet, and I got to figure out what to do with it because we're starting to get frost, and I got to save all these plants. But I like to, I like to garden a little bit. Uh, I know that you, you do some big gardening stuff in, in the rest of your world, so. All right, let's dive in.
1: Yeah. Um, all right, so let's just together try to sort of talk about what it takes to get a garden going and then maintain a garden. And like, okay. neither of us, by the way, are gardening experts, we should be clear. Um, so I'm sure if there are any gardeners right. that- listening you're gonna be like that is not how that works at all <laughs> welcome right. to the
0: show where two guys talk about things they don't really know
1: but right. i mean last year we last week we talked about landing uh jet planes on aircraft carriers uh, aircraft. we know about them <laughs> um, utterly unqualified <laughs> so so okay so let's imagine i want to build a garden in my yard right yeah. um What do I do? I've got to I've got to create I've got to build some beds, right? So I was imagining getting a bunch of wood, building these rectangular beds, going out and getting some really nice soil, you Mm. know, to plant in, rather than planting directly in the ground that just happens to be there, which in my case has a lot of sand in it, which might lend itself to growth. Um, So filling those beds with really rich, nice soil, uh, choosing plants actually this is going to be an interesting one for us to dig into later but choosing plants that will fit in this environment mm. um, you know will thrive in this environment uh, sort of recognizing what season it is like should i be putting seeds in the ground versus small mm. plants versus bigger plants you know right you're not going to do this in january right um or if I did do it in January, I'd do it strategically differently than I would do it in like June, you know. Um, right. So then, so then I, you know, I plant all the plants in this nutrient-rich soil. I've set up either some sort of sprinkler system or I've at least got a hose, and I've carved out time for watering every day at mm-hmm. certain times of day that are best for watering the ground. Like I know, for instance, you don't want to water in the heat of the, the heat of the day because. Um, it instantly evaporates, evaporates. right? Yes. Yeah. Really don't get it. Um, and then, you know, game on, like I'm, I'm working on, uh, watering the garden. I'm working, I'm watching as the plants grow. I'm pulling weeds if weeds appear so that they don't choke the plants. And I'm, uh, you know, pruning plants if, if there are dead leaves or dead branches or whatever. And I'm, uh, sort of celebrating until some fruit comes, and then, bam, the fruits of my labors,
0: literally. You bear, yes, your garden bears fruit. You know what I was going to say when you said, and and then you wait. Uh-huh, there is but some waiting. You don't waiting. really wait, because you're weeding and you're watering and you're pruning and all of that. But my point is, you don't do the growing. The plants yeah. do the growing. Yes and i think that's yeah. important that's frustrating for me like i've had this tomato plant <laughs> and uh it's you know it's late october and i planted this thing in may uh and it's just now putting out tomatoes i think we grew like one tomato the whole season and it had blossom end rot so it, like it kind of just rotted anyway <laughs> and now now I've got like all sorts of tomatoes, but it's too cold to really grow. And um, it just took so darn long. And it was super frustrating for me because I was like, grow, you thing. Why won't you grow? And of grow course, faster. I realized like the big lesson for me is that it just wasn't sunny enough for this plant, you know, in the place that it was. Didn't have the right conditions, but there wasn't anything I could do about that. I mean, I don't know, maybe I could have taken the pot and like put it out in the front yard instead of the back or something, or I could have, I don't know, cut down some branches from the tree. It's not my tree though. Anyway, like (laughs) it didn't have the right conditions for growth and there was kind of nothing. I was helpless to make the plant grow myself. I couldn't yell at it. I couldn't shake it and be like, grow, you.
1: I couldn't incentivize it, right? I couldn't pay it more. It just well, you can't, grow. You can't just water you can't just water it more, you know, and say I'll give it twice as much water and it'll grow twice as fast, you right, know. Right,
0: right, cuz actually what will happen is it will just drown, you know, yeah. and yeah. and die. It'll become overwatered. That's a really I mean that's a really interesting thing there is, right? Uh, there are some things that, that plants need in order to grow, but it must be in the right amount because too little or too much, both ends of that spectrum are detrimental. Well, that
1: that would be true of both water and sun, right? I would imagine, You know, I mean, it depends on the plant. If it's a plant that requires tons of sun, it's fine for it to be in sun all day long. But if it's a plant that will kind of burn out if it's in the sun all day, and you put it in the sun all day, and you're saying, well, I thought sun was good for plants. Why wouldn't more sun be better for plants, Right. right? Right. Yeah. So, you have to know the plants you're dealing with. <laughs> I mean that gets back to what you said earlier, right? It's like
0: choosing the right plants for the right climate, for the right conditions. All right, why are we talking about gardening? This is not a gardening yeah. show, Doug. Out with this, it!
1: Thank God this isn't a gardening show. Thank goodness. We're sort of out of things to talk about with gardens. <laughs> oh
0: <my God. laughs> we we've reached the bottom of our well of knowledge.
1: <laughs> As it but pertains if, to gardens. But if you didn't guess already, this is a metaphor for building a growth culture in your organization, right? And not only building that growth culture, which would be parallel to the initial building of a garden that I described in my yard, but also maintaining a garden over time, right? I mean, your job, you know, if you're a business owner or a founder, like your your goal is not simply to start the business and then you know, let it die. Like your your goal is to start the business and then manage the business as it grows and thrives, you know? Um, so how do you do that? And what lessons can we learn from gardening that, um, that might help?
0: Well, the first thing that really struck me was setting up the garden, right? That's a very active... Uh, Activity, an active activity, mm-hmm. opposed to an unactive activity. Uh, but you know, you're you're creating structure, you're adding materials. Um, if you create a, a a bed that isn't reinforced properly, it's going to collapse as the plants get bigger if you mm-hmm. put the wrong kind of soil in there or you choose the wrong plants for that soil it's not going to thrive so there's there's a sort of initial construction phase although i suppose you could say you know here i here i uh, uh, i have come along and i have somehow inherited a dilapidated garden mm-hmm. so it's already there's already stuff in there it's already growing but it needs more it needs to, it needs to be re, you know overhauled right yeah. and so you have to go in and put in that structure and, and you know create better beds enrich the soil maybe get rid of some plants right um and i think for you know for founders for business owners for sea level leaders in a lot of ways that's i don't want to put words in their mouth but that's the that's a satisfying thing because i think Founders especially have sort of a bias towards action. They want to get their hands dirty. They want to make things happen and, and they, and they, they, they want to be able to directly influence something. Right. And so that's a very satisfying thing is to, is to set it all up and to create that structure. But then I think where it becomes difficult is, is when you have to step away and like, just let the plants do their thing. I, I got these seeds, I was trying to grow. And i have successfully finally i'm very proud to say uh these these plants called sweet alyssum or snow princess, princesses it's called and this is because uh as i had read ladybugs like to live in them they're like a little apartment okay. complex for ladybugs and i have some rose bushes and ladybugs like to eat aphids which like to eat roses so i thought okay great you know talk about choosing the right plants and complementary yeah. This would be great. So I planted these little seeds. And for like three weeks, nothing happened. And I just kept staring at them the whole time like, okay, let's do something. Come on, let's go. And then eventually they sprouted. But like those were a miserable three weeks for me. I mean (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> I have other things going on in my life. Like, I wasn't just crying for three weeks about these <laughs> seeds. But from a garden, as far as the little gardening partition of my life is concerned, it's like, oh, man, did I do something wrong? What's going on here?
1: Well, you you had no sense of progress, right? I mean, like, you couldn't. It's not like every day the, the sprout grew a little bit, and you could sort of hang your hat on. God, I say hang your hat a lot. Anyway, that's an aside. Um, <laughs> you couldn't like see this progress and go, all right, we're moving in the right direction. It was just sort of like, maybe under the soil, things are moving in the right direction, or maybe the seed's just dead. And I have no way of knowing until it shows itself outside the soil. You know, I think there's a lot to be said
0: about trust and patience when it comes to leadership, when you're trying to establish new things. And the other thing is, to some degree like you got to leave it alone. If I went in there and was like messing with it like okay, it's been a week and a half. I don't see anything. Let me dig up the soil and see are the yeah. seeds still there? Like I would have destroyed the whole root system that was that was establishing itself. Right? And I think um I think you see that a lot with, you know, impatient cultures or um leaders that don't trust you know their their teams is they think like okay well i'm not getting results yet let me go in and rip stuff up or when things get ripped up i mean here's another gardening metaphor like if you repit plant if you repot a plant that plant goes into shock mm-hmm. for a little bit right and if the if the repotting is too dramatic and the conditions in the new pot are not you know really ideal that plant's probably going to die um you Promotions know,
1: but, and onboarding, right there. What's that? Right? Promotions and onboarding. That's a great. That's a great. You know. Right, well,
0: or what's happening left and right these days in every company I I see is reorgs. Oh, we're not getting the results we want. You know what? Let me fuck around with the org chart. Woo boy. Um yeah. I mean, just tremendous shock goes through the root system of your organization, the culture that's established, maybe it needs some shock. I'm not saying reorgs are inherently bad. But to be sort of constantly reorging is to be putting, you know, is to be shocking the system of your organization on a regular basis. And that takes, that takes a tremendous amount of water, soil, sunlight and care, in order to make sure that they don't, they don't die.
1: So wait, time out for one second. Let's sort of take a step back and talk about like who is the gardener in this metaphor? Who is the plant, and what responsibilities each have in the success of the garden? Let's say, yeah, right, and being the business, you know.
0: Actually, I wonder if we can take a step further back for a moment and talk about the components of a growth culture, home edge and groove.
1: Yeah, and that, I think, will
0: give us a sharper focus on who's responsible for what aspects of that
1: culture. Um, cool. Let's break it down. We've got home. Oh, by the way, th- we should give a little plug. This is from a book that is very dear to our hearts called An Everyone Culture um, that uh, really influenced our thinking about what a growth culture is and gave us some words to talk about things we always believed anyway. Right. Right. So when people say, what, you know,
0: what is culture, what is a growth culture? We tend to, you know, use this framework and break it down into these three components. So why don't you tell us what each of these components are, home, edge, and groove?
1: All right. So home, I always, the first words that come to mind for me for home are psychological safety, right? Just like home, right? I mean, if you, if you live in a nice home mm-hmm. um, with a nice family where people care for one another and want the best for one another, it's the kind of environment where, you can say what you think without fear of retribution, right? You're not afraid people are going to make fun of you. You're not afraid people are going to make you feel badly about saying what you want to say. You feel free to be yourself without judgment. Yeah, there's That's the psychological
0: safety. There's there's the trust and security for you to be authentic and not yes. have to wear a mask. And not have to say what you think other people want to hear or what you think won't get you in trouble.
1: Yeah, that's home. And that's that's something that has to be actively worked on and established and then worked on and maintained because the natural tendency for people is to come into an organization or into a new place with new people with a mask on because they want to look their best. They want to come across in the best possible way. They want to be the person that everybody wants them to be, as opposed to just being who they are. Right. Right. So, okay. So that's home. So edge is about, and by the way, feel free to elaborate on any of these, if you feel like I don't hit the mark, but edge is about knowing your limits your current limits, right? Like I'm really good at X and I'm not quite as good as Y, right? And you can, if you can imagine kind of like, I always imagine literally like a, an edge of a, of a piece of wood, you know, that's sort of curvy and sharp at points and cuts in and then cuts out. And that um, the contours of that edge are sort of a visual representation of my strengths and weaknesses, right? And the whole point of knowing edge as an individual and also as an organization is to know what you need to work on, right? What, what you need to improve upon so that you can increase your comfort zone, increase, you know, push out your edge, right? There'll always be an edge, but where that edge is and how that relates to the work you're trying to do and the importance of the strengths being in the right places in order to do that work, um, is really important. So, for instance, if you were, you know, running a movie theater, um, <clears throat> you know, the ability to make popcorn is like pretty important, right? So, if the edge of your abilities falls short on the making of popcorn, that's going to be a problem, right? The ability to to run projectors and problem solve if a projector is not working correctly is going to be an important skill. Uh, If you're sort of front of the house, like schmoozing with people, communication skills is going to be important. So, you know, an edge is not good or bad in the abstract. It's really about how it relates to what you're trying to do. So
0: I think of edge as self-awareness. I agree with everything you said. And I think it's self-awareness of three things. What is the job that I have? Edge is is within the workplace, right? What is the role that I am expected to perform in understanding the different functions? Just an awareness of that. Forget about your mastery of those things, but just what do I need to do? Uh, The second thing is what are, you know, what's my mastery of those skills? How, like you said, what am I good at? Where do I need work? And then the third is what am I focused on now from a development Mm -hmm. standpoint? And I love the word edge because it implies sharpness versus dullness. Mm. And you know, is your awareness of those three things very sharp and clear, or is it dull and kind of fuzzy and unfocused? I don't really know what my job is. I I, I don't know what skills I have or don't. I haven't really thought about that. What are you working on right now? Oh, uh, I don't really know, I'm just doing the job. You know, even that word <laughs> of point, like being Pointed in the right direction implies focus and clarity. Um, so that's for me is selfness, uh, selfness, self-awareness and a sort of sharpness about that.
1: Yeah, I love that. And then groove. So groove refers to the things you are doing on a regular basis, right? Think a groove, a beat, right? Um, that are going to improve these you know these things right so they the the groove is about sharpening that edge it's about increasing your comfort zone increasing your skills and abilities increasing you know it's about working on that stuff but the the key to groove is really the word groove the the regular practice of this it's not once a year i write a new year's resolution right. that's my groove like that's not a frequent enough beat for anyone to call it a groove, right? A heartbeat. Right. So if your heart beats and then it beats 16 minutes later, like no one thinks you're particularly healthy, right? You're well, probably there's, the not reg-
0: even- there's the regularity <laughs> as well, right? Does it, yeah. does it happen every day, every week, every month, every quarter? Or is it like some weeks I do it, some weeks I don't. Sometimes, yeah. some days I do it five times. Other days I just don't do it at all. Uh, so there is a there is a a groove a groove to it.
1: Well, I really I really see it as like when I when I picture it in my when I hear it I hear music I hear a drum beat when I l- look at it in sort of my mind I see an EKG boop boop ah uh, yeah know, the thing and it's very easy to look at one of those and. Instantly, without really thinking very deeply about it, recognize whether it looks healthy or whether it looks like trouble, you know, Uh, and really what makes it look healthy is that it is uh, kind of symmetrical and like looks... This looks like it's got a, a regular pattern to it. It's consistent. Rather than yeah. like, oh, pink. oh, whoa, that one's really high randomly. And that one, oh, wait, now it didn't go for like 10 seconds. And, you know, that's not healthy. Yeah.
0: All right. So those are the components of a growth culture, home, edge, and groove. Uh, back to your earlier point, like who's responsible for, for what? Who creates the home? Who sharpens the edge? Who establishes the groove? Yeah. How's I mean, I,
1: I think when you talk about home edge and groove, everyone in an organization is responsible for all of them, but in different ways, right? So like the simplest way to say it is, you know, if, again, if we use the garden metaphor is the leadership is is the gardeners, right? Or are the gardeners. They are the ones who... Set up the garden, make the rules around, you know, how big is this garden going to be? How small is this garden going to be? What kinds of plants are we going to have in this garden? What are we trying to accomplish with this garden? You know, is this a vegetable garden where we want food coming out of it? Is this a flower garden where we want beauty or to attract ladybugs or praying mantises or whatever? Um, You know, what's the purpose of the garden? That's on leadership. And when I say leadership, I don't just mean like the CEO. I, I mean the leader of any team, because any team is really its own garden bed in a way. It's
0: fractal, right? Like high-level leaders, C-level leadership, looks at the garden as a whole. I mean, if you if we just draw some direct correlations to this metaphor, right? The fence around your garden represents your entire organization, right? Mm-hmm. Every little flower bed probably represents a different team in that organization where you're growing something different you need slightly different conditions but the overall intention of the garden has some sense to it so leadership, you know sets the tone or is responsible for the conditions for growth uh across the organization what are those common things that we need um but then you know a level down like whatever leader has their own uh, uh, uh team their own department division whatever group you know people underneath them so to speak that they're for for whom they are responsible they also have responsibilities to set those and maintain those conditions for growth and that goes all the way down to a line manager who's got two people reporting to her you know
1: yeah and so so that's you know and then when we talk about like the employee who doesn't have any direct reports that's, you know, that's the flower, that's the tomato plant, that's the, these are the, the people growing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Now, there, as sort of an aside, and I don't want to get tangled up in this too much, but like, the managers should not simply be gardening, they should also be plants in the garden, right? And this is where the metaphor sort of falls apart. (laughs) That's right. Um, But, you know, like, leadership should be growing too, and should not only be growing, but um, show, you know, every employee that they are also in the garden with them, you know, but the employee, like, let's talk about the employee who has no direct reports, right? The tomato plant, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, they're not responsible for anybody else growing, particularly they may have influence over other people growing and improving. Um, but they don't, they're really their job is really to focus on their own growth, right making sure that they are growing. Now they can't do that if they are in con- you know if they're a seed sitting on a piece of concrete with no soil around, right And that's where you start to see the overlap between the responsibility of leadership and the responsibility of the employee, you know the plant itself. so, I wanna push back
0: on that a little bit. I agree with everything you said, except when you said they're not responsible for anyone else's growth. And I probably wouldn't even nitpick those words. I think they're accurate. However, I think both in an organization and in a garden, the individual employee and the individual tomato plant, I love that tomato plant is now gonna become our code word for individual employee, by the way. they influence and contribute to the growth of others. If For sure. a tomato plant has some kind of disease, it can spread to the other plants and infect them. A sweet alyssum or snow princess plant that is next to a rose bush can create an, a, an environment that will house insects that will benefit the rosebush, and keep it healthy. So there is this sense that you are part of a community. You are not an isolated entity. Um, but but you're right. I don't think they should take it upon themselves to be responsible for this. So is that employee contributing to a psychologically safe environment? Or is he kind of a jerk who like demeans people when he speaks with them? right Mm -hmm. um can he give feedback in a useful and effective way that can help his teammates sharpen their edge you know so i think there's a contribution there
1: that's a great point yeah i mean distinguishing between a contribution and a responsibility is is kind of what you're doing there like the leadership the manager of the team the leader of the team is part of their job is to make sure everybody's growing and also to make sure that people aren't interfering with one another's growth. And ideally people are contributing to one another's growth. Um, but for sure, everybody is contributing to the growth environment, you know, the growth culture. Yeah. Um, but, you know, back to the, to the concrete seat on the concrete thing, you know, I, to me, it's very clear that like, Getting the right nutrient-rich soil, putting the garden in a place where there is the right amount of sunlight, and making sure there's a reg- there's regular watering going on, are clearly the responsibility of leadership. You know um, that cannot be put on the employee. Like we want you to grow here, go ahead and find your own place to plant yourself go ahead and find a way to water yourself and make sure you have the right amount of sunlight. Like, you know, that's that's not fair. It gets back to a little bit
0: of our conversation about, should you build a job around a person or should you fit a person into a job, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there are some companies, maybe just one company, (laughs) that, like, doesn't Hmm. have any teams or jobs. They just hire great game developers. And they're like, sit where you like, work with whomever you like. And it, you know, they're trying to create this sort of economy of game design within their within their company, right? And so the people gravitate towards, but anyway, but for the most part, people show up to do a job that they want to do, right? Like, I'm here to be X. I have these skills. I want to contribute to these projects i want to work with these kinds of people and so leadership does have to create an environment where that's clear um and and they can put them in the right flower bed with the right soil uh so to speak
1: and the right other plants that's you know, the
0: right, right that's right well um, go, ahead go ahead if you have another thought
1: no no, no i was going to shift it to something else okay so, you, so though i i
0: want to say one thing about that <clears throat> um Sometimes you got to get rid of plants. Sometimes you got to pull weeds, mm-hmm. you know, plants been there too long. It's, it's overgrown. It's not bearing fruit anymore. Conditions have changed. The weather's colder. These plants aren't going to survive. You need hardier plants. Um, some plants aren't kind of working out, you know, the rose bushes are getting eaten by the aphids. So you got to plant some snow princess around it to help change the conditions. Actually, that's not really getting rid of plants, but, um, I guess my question is, you know, what is the role of letting people go in maintaining a garden?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's, you know, to me, it's, I think I said this already, but in a slightly different context. Part of the responsibility of leadership is to make sure that nobody is undermining anyone else's growth, mm. right? And if you think about weeds, I mean, they literally choke roots, like they undermine, <laughs> right? They're underground, they they choke other plants' roots, and so it's not that there's any problem with people, you know, with plants growing at different rates or in different ways, and you know, being creative and sort of owning their growth unless they are preventing others from growing and if they are you know it, it could be just a matter of I mean in real life with human beings it could be a matter of having a conversation with them <laughs> in a in a plant world it could be a matter of just pruning them back like they're just getting overgrown they're taking too much space in the in the garden bed and it's not it's getting in the way of other plants having space interesting
0: reminds me of, I mean, this gets back to fit and about the um, the XO of the aircraft carrier, right? Mm. It's, it's someone else needs to get their turn, you know? So I think people can um, get to a point where they don't fit in an organization anymore for any number of excellent reasons, right? Something's changed in their lifestyle, right? They're at a like scale up, tech company that's demands, you know, 14 hour days, but now they have a kid and like, that just doesn't work for them anymore. This place is no longer a fit or, you know, they missed a couple promotions that they were really hoping for. And now they're frustrated and, and checked out and kind of getting bitter and that's starting to, you know, undermine the psychological safety and look, it's, you know, it's time for you to find a, a better flower bed. That's going to have the, you know, the nutrients and the conditions that you need, or somebody's been in the VP position for seven, eight, nine years, and then all the you know promising talent underneath them keeps quitting because they feel like, well, I'm never going to get Max job because he's been here forever and he's not going anywhere, and so now you know that is contributing to or undermining the growth and development uh, of your people. So there, are, there are any number of reasons that people could become uh, unfit with the organization. And so then, you know, leadership has to make some tricky decisions, I think, difficult decisions as to, you know, what's, what's more important is, is hanging on to this person and finding a way to make it better for them or, you know, letting them go, give them the opportunity to find some other opportunity, uh, the opportunity to find an opportunity. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, because it's going to be better for the overall health of the organization.
1: Yeah, I was, so I, I want to make a distinction between them outgrowing the bed they're in versus outgrowing the organization, which in our metaphor is like a whole garden that is you know has ten beds in it. Um, You know, there there is we we talked about sort of the negative scenario of like pruning the plant back or removing the plant from the bed or the organization, but there's also a positive spin on this. Like maybe somebody is outgrowing their role. And because they have the desire to continue to work and, you know, create and, and be, you know, and contribute, they're sort of getting in the way of other people getting in the way of other plants. So a positive way to deal with that is to say, God, this person has more potential than they're able to tap into in this role. Let's get them in a new role, right, which would be a different bed or say, hey how would you like to manage this bed, (laughs) right? Um, You know it so well, you've been working in this bed for growing in this bed for so long. Um, Why don't you support your colleagues rather than continuing to try to grow in a bed that you've outgrown? Uh, So in other words, I think what leadership can do is modify people's roles, and that sometimes comes in the form of a promotion, sometimes comes in the form of a lateral move, sometimes comes in the form of added responsibility. Um, you know, but making changes that will be will benefit the per, the plant that is getting overgrown, but also create space for the plants around that plant who are being kind of choked off. Um, you framed that in an interesting
0: way of like, you know, we, we've talked about the negative implications of this. Let's talk about the positive implications of this. That seems to me like the judgment, the value judgment there is coming from the, the point of the individual, the affected individual. I can't even say Mm -hmm. that though. The plant that you're going to replant somewhere else, Right.
1: The plant that you're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the individual individual
0: employee who's being let go or is being put into a lateral place or whatever. Right. Um, As compared to all the other plants who are being negatively affected by it. So sometimes letting someone go, I don't even know if I want to say sometimes, sorry, I'm swimming in my thoughts here. They're coming faster than my mouth can get them out. But um, I, could, I could let a few people go in a time of economic crisis and thereby save the company and mm-hmm. benefit all the other people who are still at the company. Is that a good or a bad thing? Well, it depends on your point of view. And um, it's good for the company and it's good for all the other people there. It might even be good for the other people who were let go because they could go on to find something else great that they just were too afraid to take that step. and They're probably afraid for any number of excellent reasons, such as how much of someone's life support systems are wrapped up in your employment
1: agreement, but Mm -hmm. I digress. That's another episode. well, I think, like, one of the points that I, that you're touching on is, you know, like, who – why would you remove a plant from a bed? Like, and who does it benefit? Like, I think it benefits everybody. I really do. Like, I think keeping somebody in a place where they are too noisy, you know, like taking up too much space, what, what they're – I mean, what we used to say in, in – Or what we still say when you talk about kids in classrooms is like kids basically act out for two reasons. There is a third, but we'll leave that aside Mm -hmm. for now. Kids act out for two reasons. They either act out because they totally understand everything and they're bored or because they don't really understand what's going on and they want to distract from that because they don't want anybody to know they don't understand what's going on. Right. So really a plant that is overgrowing is a is is a person who's acting out. And they could be acting out because they don't they're not good at their job and they're trying to distract, in which case they should not they should be removed, right? Or worked with in order to, you know, calm down and, and get it together. Or they are acting out because they're bored and they don't know what to do with themselves. And so they're, you know. They're looking for the next thing.
0: Now you're getting at the human aspect of being a manager and how critical that is, how effective it is if you understand it, recognize it, and embrace it as a manager. As a manager, you are the gardener of your team in the sense that you are trying to create the conditions for them to thrive and flourish, whether that's productivity, whether that's growth. But if you ignore those reasons, and you just gave two great examples of those reasons, when you sense something isn't working, when productivity isn't where it needs to be, where where growth doesn't seem to be happening, where there's significant tension in your team, you have to step back and, and assess the human side of things and be able to engage in that. And you have to look at what are the conditions affecting my team right now? And are any one of those conditions contributing to this uh, to this situation?
1: Yeah, what can I try in order to fix this, make it better, improve this? Yeah. You know, but, but it requires, uh, to your point, like it requires a manager being regularly in touch with the pulse of the members of the team. Right. And that goes back to the groove piece of home edge and groove Mm. where, you know, a regular practice for managers should be connecting with their team members and making sure they know how they're doing. Right. Like, is this, you know, like if you only go into your garden once every two weeks and find that one plant is dead and one plant is overgrown and three weeds have popped up, like it's too late for some members of your team. You know, yeah. you've blown it uh, and, and I would argue that that is on the manager. That is not the fault of the plants. You know, that is not the fault of the tomato plant, the individual employee. Um, the manager's job is to make sure that there's psychological safety, which means people aren't undermining one another, or um, undermining themselves or undermining themselves. And that the environment continues to be an environment in which their garden can thrive, you know, because it's not like when going back to the very beginning of, of our conversation, like it's not just a matter of getting a few bags of soil and dumping them into a plant, you know, into a, into a bed and watering once and leaving it in the sun and being like, I did what I had to do. Right. That's the establishing of the garden. But the there's an ongoing component to maintaining a garden and creating an environment where plants are going to thrive. Yeah, and I,
0: I think if there's a a point that I wanted to make or an idea that I continued returning to with this metaphor, it's that you there has to be you have to know as a manager, as a leader, what you can and cannot, Control and where and how you need to engage in order to optimize your garden, in order to get it to truly flourish. And I, I think about being a conductor of an orchestra. And I've conducted an orchestra a couple of times, like, you know, as part of like conservatory. And uh, I'm not a conductor by any means, but I've gotten up in front of a bunch of people and waved my hands around and hope that some <laughs> music happens. And it's a very unsettling experience which i think is very akin to management because as an instrumentalist you're used to having this instrument in your hands whether it's a trumpet or a bass or a snare drum and you can grasp it and you can manipulate it and you can make it do what you want by the force of your 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 body you blow into that trumpet and there's some resistance that that you can play off of and that you can work with but you get up on that stand in front of an orchestra and there's no resistance at all. You're just flapping your hands around like like an octopus in a hurricane, like you, you know, and you hope <laughs> that people like respect you enough to be like, all right, his hands are moving. I'll play some music, you know? Um, <laughs> and I think that a lot of people get into management and feel a similar sense of almost he- like helplessness or a lack of resistance, like, you know, um, you want you want to be able to go back to your your workstation and open whatever app that you use to do you know and like produce something. Be like, here is a thing that I made. Whereas as a manager, yeah. so much of what you're doing is is very much like a gardener. You know, it's like just talking with people. You know, just checking in, and it feels so unproductive in a way. <laughs> in the same way that like managing a garden kind of feels unproductive because you're not making the plant grow. The plant's doing the growing. But having those conversations, checking in on people, seeing how things are going, you know, at home in their personal life, um, managing like interpersonal dynamics on the team, all that stuff feels soft and fluffy, but it but it makes a difference. It's a difference between barren, rocky soil that's covered in weeds versus uh, lush, uh, loamy soil, right, full of nutrients and sunshine and water.
1: Yeah, God, this is such, this is so good. I mean, it's, I love the conductor metaphor because (laughs) you're like, you're not making any of the sounds that people are hearing, right? Like, so, so I just, I had this picture of like, at the end of the day, you're at the bar and, you know, having a, having a drink with everybody in the office. And it's like, Hey, what did you do today? Like. Well, I produced this, I made this, I shaped this, I wrote this, you know, and the manager's like, oh, I made sure that was possible. I watched you (laughs) all do it. Right, right, right. And it's like, you know, you're, it looks like you're doing nothing if things are going well, (laughs) but if things are going poorly, you're not doing what you needed to be doing. And that's very unsettling for a new manager. Yeah, it's the same thing, like if you picture a bunch of plants at the bar after work, and the gardener is there also, and the plants are like, oh, my God, I doubled in size, like I broke through my own skin and the soil in order to like produce a double of myself. And, you know, it's like the most exhausting possible work. And the gardener's like, well, you know, I mean, I made sure you were wet. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I made it all possible. If, if there's a if there's a cartoon that's listening, please please make us a cartoon of a bunch of tomato plants at the bar, shit talking the gardener who's down at the end. Like this guy does nothing.
1: <laughs> well, and the other thing is is that the manager usually used to be a tomato plant, you right. know, and so like knows what it's like. I mean, there, there's definitely this sense. And again, like we'll have a whole nother thing on just on management, but or a, probably a bunch of them. But um you were you know what it's like to be a tomato plant and be like, ugh, the gardener. He doesn't do anything.
0: <laughs> <Right>? He strolls <laughs> you, in every you, once in a while, has a look around, well, wets things down, <laughs> and then he's out of
1: here. This bum. <laughs> Yeah, like you have shit talked that about that manager with your colleagues, and now you are that manager, and like, it's just hard to figure out how to be and how to have getting respect or self respect.
0: We need it. We need a cartoon of a bunch of tomato plants like <laughs> bitching together, and then be like, shh, 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 "Here comes the gardener, he's coming." <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> All right. Uh, We've droned on about this enough. Are, are there any big takeaways or closing thoughts you have on this whole? You know, how is a garden like a growth culture, or what can we learn from a garden uh, to to help create a
1: growth culture? I mean, I, I I don't have any final thoughts in the sense that like I have a pithy little one liner that will sum the whole thing up. But what I would encourage any listeners to do if they have a team or they're part of a team, is just kind of have a conversation about this metaphor and kind of who's responsible for what. And like, how do we all make sure that we are contributing in our own way to making sure that this garden is thriving?
0: Yeah, that's great. I'll I'll build on that in that I see two kinds of, Extreme scenarios when it comes to growth within an organization. One is that, you know, there are messages from leadership or whatever that your growth, you own your own growth, right? You're responsible for your own growth. And it feels like they're kind of what's the word, like shifting and saying, like, ah. Eh this isn't our problem anymore, it's your problem, right? And then the other extreme is people saying like, is individual employees saying, why hasn't this company invested in my growth? Why are there no, you know, development and career opportunities here? Which again, like there is the internet, you do know how to read, you know, you can't expect the employer to, to take full responsibility for your growth. And I think the reality, the effective reality is in the middle, and that both sides are responsible for, for for having an effective, you know, um, growth culture, right? But but you kind of have to understand your 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 roles or how each side can best contribute to that. Yes. All right. All right. Well, this was fun. Let's do it again sometime. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Gabe. Well, there you have it, another episode of Jobs to Journeys. I hope you found it fun and insightful. If you want to learn more about how to turn your jobs into journeys, visit us on the web at CultivateMe.xyz or send an email to hello at CultivateMe.xyz. Be well, and I'll see you in the next episode.